Good morning, St. Peter's. Would you bow your hearts with me? God, creator, redeemer, sustainer, we join you right now. Amen. Isabel Mukunyora is a religion professor and Shona scholar studying the religious movement of the Masoe Apostles. It is one of the many faiths that embraces Christian tradition while addressing the particular insights of life and history in Africa. Johann Masoe, or as he's called, John of the Wilderness, was the leader of this group, a prophet who wandered through Zimbabwe in the 1930s. His following are among a host of African-initiated churches expressing a Christianity that developed independently of missionary denominations. It is a tradition reliant on the presence of the Holy Spirit and its congregants follow Masawe to vacant lots, abandoned work sites, any patch of unoccupied land to find in the open air a sacred wilderness. Sasa is a word in the Shona language. It means wild grasslands, fringes, borderlands, or a place of dread. But in the Shona language, Sasa means wilderness, but it also means a place of illumination. The Masoe people take the root of the word Sasa, a Bantu word for margins, and define it within a Christian context to be layered with the significance of what can be found or promised in that space. So the Shona people embrace the wilderness as both and, and a place of struggle and a place of potential revelation or illumination. For them, the wilderness is a place of illumination and encounter, a place for change. But make no mistake about it, the people come to the wilderness out of desperation. They come desperate, desperate to redeem the wounds of the past and the heartache of the present. They come to redeem the story of their history, of displacement, a life of struggle in the margins. They come desperate for change. Then Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region around the Jordan were going out to him and they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Like the Masoe apostles, those gathered at the river Jordan come to the wilderness to wrestle with everything wrong in their world. Like the Masoe, they come in response and or resistance. They come in need. They come desperate. Like the desert fathers and mothers who sought an alternative to the empire and its economy, or like Moses who goes into the wilderness to encounter the God of compassion, or like you and I who find ourselves confronted with the heartbreaking reality of all manner of illness, a broken healthcare system, systemic injustice, the need for immigration reform, 
45 again. Mass shootings, addiction, terrorism, hate crimes, mental illness, the increased risk of natural disasters brought on by the very real problem of climate change and food insecurity. People, we're still talking about food insecurity. That list can go on and on. We come to the wilderness weary, but we go to the river for an inner revolution. We come to be born again. We come for confrontation. We come motivated by injustice. We come to be made new. We come for change, and we come desperate. Desperate to reorient ourselves toward the vision of a new heaven and a new earth, all that God has promised us. And that message is easy to hear if you're living in the margins, if you, as Howard Thurman states, live with your back against the wall. The oppressed have already heard the message and have already responded. They always do. They want and welcome change. The good news for them means the hope of liberation. To it, they say yes, yes to Isaiah's vision coming to reality with the earth full of the knowledge of the Lord and the peace and prosperity, the life and health that flows from that. Yes to the peaceable kingdom. And yes to John's example, the disruption of the usual way of doing things. Yes to the power of communal response the proclamation and protest of an entire people when they've had enough, when they understand and have made a connection to their need. They make their way to the prophet who is preaching repentance, and his preaching repentance has ignited a desire and motivation for a new way of life, a new world view. Not so for the leaders and priests, the rule makers and elected officials, the Pharisees and Sadducees, who've come not because they want change, but because they're curious about what's going on. Any change would impact their lives and the systems they've created. What John commands will cost them. So they come at best in what I'll call a curious, even unarticulated resistance, and that's probably the worst kind, right? And for John, that's just not enough. They've missed the message. Separated from any real sense of need or desperation, they don't make the connection to the problem of their collusion with the empire. They don't understand the why of baptism, the importance of repentance and the necessary shift, the required self-reflection and inner work a life in expectation of God's new day. They haven't made the connection to their why, and John demands that. The wilderness always asks us why. And John hits the brakes on all who come without making that connection. He demands we sit with the deeper questions, our need and our pain, our struggle, and everyone's got it. Everyone's got some level of struggle, something that will bring you to your knees. Some kind of hurt, some kind of injustice, and even 
our solidarity with those lives are marked, that are marked by such struggle, well, what brings us to the wilderness? If we don't come motivated by some kind of struggle, some kind of hurt, some kind of demand for the wrong to be made right, well, what are we doing here? We don't survive the wilderness without connecting with our why. So what are we desperate for? What do we need? John knows that the most challenging of confrontations is the soul work and care of the human heart. The ultimate confrontation is first always with ourselves. We come to the wilderness to explore our internal depths, to commune with God and only from there more deeply to each other. And John shows us the way. John answers the call to repentance because he first heard it himself and goes on to make these radical shifts. John is crystal clear on his why. Does it really require all of that, you might ask? Well, I'm gonna tell you the truth, yes. It requires sacrifice, letting go of the structures and people, places and things that leave us silently or otherwise complicit in the sin of this world at odds with love's demand. Hear the words of the prophet, hear his desperate cry, hear his why. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Change your life, God's kingdom is here. We don't come to the wilderness to hide. We lean into the wisdom of those who know, like the Shona people, who know and embrace the both and of the wilderness, who know something of us can be changed only in the wilderness. We know there is something to be learned. We come desperate for change and in the wilderness, we open our heart to God for God to do the work. In the wilderness, we release, let go of the unnecessary, anything that would prevent that bursting forth of that shoot, that shoot that Isaiah's talking about, the shoot in you and me and all of us, anything that would separate us from the dream of God's perfect love. And John says, come. He invites us into that vision, to this space of renewal, to this dream for a new and more hopeful world. But we've got to want it, and we've got to know why. It is a powerful biblical image. John's, the Baptist and John of the wilderness, the Masoes, ritual behavior of calling people out and the people coming to the fringes to disrupt the usual way of doing things, the same old, same old. And the enlivening of that space with their presence and power, united in prayer, praying for change. This is their why. But we can tap into that space, John's desert community, if you will, even here in a 190-year-old church, to the wilderness as a place of possibility. And like those gathered at the River Jordan, reflect and respond as we remember our why. So I invite you now to connect in this, the second week of Advent to consider as we've already stepped into the hustle and bustle 
of this season, all the Christmas crazy, the lists, the sales, the celebrations, to step outside of that, all of the trappings long enough to listen to our hearts as we connect with our own desperate prayers, to hear John's simple message and to respond to it, to check in with our own lives. What are our desperate prayers? Why have we come? What will we proclaim this Advent? And what will our lives speak? John wants us to make a connection with our why and to remember it, so make it personal. What pulls you? What pulls you to the wilderness? Today's invitation is to reflection as we connect with and write those desperate prayers. And so in the pews, you'll find index cards and pens um, for this purpose. If you don't have one, just raise your hand and Melissa's in the back and she can hand you a index card and a piece of paper. If you're at home and online, go grab a piece of paper and a pen and join us. We'll begin with the breath. I'm just gonna frame what we're gonna do. We'll begin with the breath, have a few minutes for writing and we'll close as we transition smoothly hopefully into the prayers of the people so when done i'd like you to hold on to that little card because we're going to use them again as we share the eucharist together and so we begin and so as you're able find that comfortable seat with your feet spread um, apart Maybe hip-width apart, maybe take your hands and place them on the tops of your laps with your palms open. And softly, softly engage your core. Lengthen your spine. Feel a little light and air and space between each vertebra as you grow just a tiny, tiny bit taller. Engage your head as it's the top of your head, the crown of your head as it is parallel to the sky, the ceiling above you. And if you can, trust this moment and this space and these people and close your eyes. And just here, take three deep breaths on your own time, I want you to connect with the rhythm, pace, and flow of your own breathing. And so you can begin that now. Just be here after you've completed that last round. Just be here for a few seconds. Let your breath be easy and light.
float your eyes open and gather your materials and begin to write as we consider just a few questions. What pulls you to the wilderness? Make it personal. Why have you come? Why have you come in alignment with John's call to repentance? What do you need? We'll just take a few moments for your writing. What do you need? Why have you come? John demands that we remember our why. As we close this practice, having found our why, we take a moment to be intentional about inviting transformation, to let that part of the process begin. In your desperation, in my desperation, may we be changed. Friends, may the God of hope fill us with all joy and peace in believing. Let us come before the Lord praying, God, our hope and our desire. May our hearts be turned toward you. Grant your church, O God, of encouragement to live in harmony with one another in accordance with Christ Jesus, so that we may glorify you with one voice. 
Make us a people of repentance and bless us with your Holy Spirit and fire. God of hope and our desire, may our hearts be turned toward you. Grant this nation, O God of justice, the will to defend the needy and the poor. May we sincerely hope for that day when hurt and destruction are no more. God of hope and our desire, may our hearts be turned toward you. Grant your creation, O God of faithfulness, the hope of renewal. May we who are stewards of this earth also live at peace with all you have created. God of hope and our desire, may our hearts be turned towards you. Grant this city, O God of understanding, prosperity. That prayer is for the world. May all the people know and do justice. We ask that you teach us and our leaders the best way to meet the needs of all our neighbors. God of hope and our desire, may our hearts be turned toward you. Grant all the needy, O God, of steadfast love your mercy. Prove yourself to be a God of righteousness and faithfulness. To all their pain and suffering, bring your healing peace. And with your winnowing fork, clear from our lives all forces of depression, of oppression and depression. God of our hope and our desire, may our hearts be turned towards you. I invite this at this time your prayers and petitions. Um, you can say them in your heart. 